All right, what's going on, everybody? My name is Azmi Hongos. I'm a photographer and web video producer. And in this podcast, we're going to be going over the state of photography along with one other piece of news. Yeah, and I'm back as your co-host, Jackie. I'm Jackie, all right. So um, the state of photography is a very interesting, uh, don't you think? Like, yeah, I mean, we have all sorts of new technology coming up, and... DSLR is going out. Oh, yeah. So um, I guess what we're, we're going to go over mainly is how we started photography and sort of the trends that have been happening that we can observe uh, and sort of the state of what it was back then. I've been shooting for like seven years now. So I, I feel like I've seen a fair share of uh, trends come and go platforms and people just doing really dumb stuff you know yeah for yeah. sure and we may be talking about other stuff that where we are now in terms of photography yeah and what we're doing with it now yeah yeah i mean we can go over gear as well i think i think we've gone through that phase where you know everybody says gear doesn't matter but gear does matter gear does matter yeah but you know that that comes with you know patience and um i think just experience you know yeah, gear doesn't matter, or to some extent it doesn't, and to some extent it does, but you got to find the medium. So, uh, yeah, so I guess... You Let's get to? started by, well, how did you start, Isaac? Oh, you know, I was uh, I was born out of the womb with a 5D Mark IV out of the womb. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know, like a sort of junior year, I think. Of uh, high school. Of high school, and uh, yeah, one of my friends, he was really into it. He was like, he's he's definitely one of the people that I'm like, oh, this is like really cool. I originally bought a Nikon actually, and uh, that was one of the worst mistakes of my life. Uh, Nikon, I'm sorry. Oh no. <laughs> no, it's just like it it didn't gravitate towards me. like you know like certain camera systems gravitate you based on your personality I think, uh, and like I think I've said this in previous videos, it, it was just like the grip, like the grip to me was Canon has like the better beefier grip i would agree yeah when i started out with the nikon the grip was horrible yeah yeah what'd you start off with the d5200 one of the better mm -hmm. one with the swivel screens oh really but oh yeah the mm -hmm. grip was so shallow yeah yeah and i think that's pretty important because you're going to be using these constantly as a student you don't have any mm -hmm. other money and you most likely you'll be relying on your parents money yeah that's a lump like a <laughs> large sum yeah it money. is yeah, and so, um, so yeah, I mean, it is a pretty good, yeah, when you're in high school, like $500 is, like, you're a millionaire at that point, and I I gave up all, like, everything that was in my savings, and waited a bit, and borrowed some money to get the, the T2i and the 50. I still think the Rebel Series is one of the best to suggest, but from then, it was just, like, then I got the, I got 50 millimeter in the T2i, and I used that for, like, I think, like, two, two and a half years. I never saw a reason to upgrade. Instagram wasn't a thing either, and it just kind of... What did you post? What did I post? Dude, I don't think you could even upload from your phone. So I think No, I, at that point, no. This was, this mm -hmm. would be like, what, 2010? Uh, this is, no, bro, I'm not that old. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's like 20, 2013, 2014, so it was all about Facebook. So, I mean, I just, I would just upload it. It was just for fun. It was like, you know, this is... This is fun. Like, editing is fun. Like, you, you bring out your own magic in that. I didn't even know what editing was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, huh. Like, 
I feel like everybody's really. What do you mean? I just shoot. Oh, straight JPEGs. Straight. Oh my God, that's. I'm sorry, that's disappointing to hear. It's all about rot. Uh, but afterwards, I think I just discovered, like, like all the cliches, right? Like you find Petapixel, and after that, you find a uh, digital rev. Digital rev was yep. legendary. Yeah, that back was then. the peak. That was them. yeah. That was that was peak digital rev. I think at that point they. They had done um, the 5D Mark III. I think they had just reviewed that. And I didn't even know what the hell full frame was. Like, it just... Yeah. Like, what, what is... What do you get? What's full frame? It's like, oh, it's just a bigger camera. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, none of that really mattered as long as the picture looked good and I understood, like, the exposure triangle. Yeah. To somebody that we didn't know better. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't know better. It was just like, if the picture looks good, it's good. I remember one time trying to fix shakiness in Photoshop. So oh, like, no. like, you can't fix that. And I, I guess from there, uh, I just got better at it and better. And then people wanted to hire me. And then it's just like, oh, this is something you can make money from. Uh, and I, I guess I would just like, I was pretty good. But I was just really inconsistent because I didn't know what Lightroom was. Right. Yeah, because like, I, all I knew was that Photoshop is what everybody uses. So you should be using like Photoshop. Uh, so it was like, oh, okay. My, my editing was super inconsistent. Like I go back to like 2014, 2015. I'm like, why does every single picture from the set look completely different from like, each other? From each other, and it's like the same set with the same lighting. But I didn't know about like bulk editing or like. Right. Like, yeah. Like, I found out a little too late. Yeah. I find what like what is because everyone's like, everyone that was a little bit more knowledgeable was like. Or having your own presets. Yeah, like I didn't, I, I didn't even know what presets were. Wait, I just go off my own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like I didn't know what that was. I didn't even know what RAW was for oh, like. Man. I think the first two years, I think I shot all JPEG, <laughs> and then. My, I mean, yeah. When we first started, you can't yeah. open RAW files, so we would be mm -hmm. like, "What? I can't see it. What's the point?" Yeah, I think. I think I didn't know I could open them. Like, I was just kind of oblivious to... We opened them in, like, window yeah, yeah. photos. Yeah, I had a Windows computer, unfortunately. And it was like, wait, what, what am I supposed to be doing with this? Right. Like, it I don't know. the same. Yeah. I think at one point I accidentally shot raw. And I was able to fix, like, the, the temperature. Like the, mm. like, the temperature. I was like, what the heck? I can do this? And I just like, oh, this is why people are telling me to shoot raw. I was just like, I like smaller file sizes, but you get so much more uh, details detail with the with the raw. And then um, yeah, that T2I lasted me for such a long time, and it's like, I I guess that's where gear doesn't matter. But then uh, after a few years, I was like, oh, it's time for the big leagues. I was like, what did you upgrade <laughs> afterwards? Oh, the the Mark III man. That's like, I I guess. That's that's where there that's where there was only two go, like at that point, it was like twenty fourteen. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, like, like summer twenty fourteen. I don't even remember when I got the camera. It was after graduation, but it was like, this on this is where you go. Like you don't go anywhere else. Yeah. I don't know what Nikon's full frame was back then. What was it? I think, D eight hundred was the was. I would say the equivalent mm -hmm. of the Mark III. During that time? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it was Mark III with a 30, 50 mil 
Like it was like that 50 millimeter lasted fucking for, freaking forever. We don't cuss on this podcast. Um, but it lasted forever. And then I never really ran into like problems with the 50 millimeter. It was always pretty solid. And then, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to cut off there because after that, it's just like, it moves history. It it moves pretty fast because we're going to go into like, I'm going to go later on into like what lenses I got and sort of, I'm just going to run over like the lenses I've owned and my personal take on them. But after the 50, which is like, I think I owned a 24 to 105 and I hated that lens. Like the F4. I don't but care. That's the standard kit that you get. No, that's like, I don't care what anybody says. Like 24 to 105 F4 is so like, such a ripoff in my opinion. It's just like worst lens ever. Glad I got that along with the kit. Oh, but it was, I, I hate that lens. It was, a, it was such a passion. All right, well, how'd you start? So I kind of start around the same time. Yeah. I would say sophomore year of my high school. And, but even before then, I was, I kind of had a fascination of SLRs, mm-hmm. of seeing through the optical mm-hmm. viewfinder. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time you see through it, you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. what the heck is this? How am I, go- how am I able to see through this little box? Mm-hmm. So I got fascination of photography at a young age. I didn't rediscover them till sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I got a Nikon D5200 mm-hmm. at the time with the kit lens for the longest time. And then someone got me a 5018, of course. Yeah. Everyone, I feel like everyone kind of got started there. Yes. Yeah, you with a 18. You dude? Yeah, because, mm-hmm. I mean, with a 18, you can do so much mm-hmm. with the depth of field. Mm-hmm. And after that, I got into a photography studio mm-hmm. job and just kind of um, going from there, just worked there and I keep doing my own photography, doing gigs and proms here and there, just like all high school student does. Yeah, every, every, it's like the, the trend, right? Yeah. Like everybody. And after that, I upgrade to my first full frame which was the D750, which was one of the earlier full frame, with, which has a tilty screen. Mm-hmm. And I, I still have that now, but I don't shoot it. Mm-hmm. But that kind of the story of it, I just kept shooting that until I would say late 2017. Mm-hmm. After that, I just kind of moved on towards film. Mm-hmm. Um, just because my passion for studio photography is not there. Yeah. So shooting digital didn't mean much for me because I shoot in an environment where I have to shoot high school seniors with the same pose, same conversation every mm-hmm. 15 minutes, every day in the summer. I hated that. But I didn't move on from there. So that's kind of how I lost my passion for digital photography, and I wanted to try something new by playing with film. Nice, nice. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're cleaning our hands right now. This freaking, we're all, we're all, everybody in every world knows that uh, what's going on. So we don't have to, we don't have to mention what's going on. But yeah, like, it, it all starts somewhere, right? Like, you're just like naturally inclined, or like, what is it called? Yeah, like you naturally gravitate towards certain things right yeah and i think 
let's see. After after the Mark Three, it was like, I think twenty fifteen is like when Instagram really started to take off. Like, I would say so. Like um, they still had their old logo back then. Yeah, they they still had the the classic logo and the Polaroid logo and. At that point, it was like, oh, you can make Instagram a career. Like, you just saw people. Many people did. Yeah, it was like, it was really bizarre because nobody thought about it that way. It was just like, you upload. Some, some people had started getting, like, massive followers. And you saw the freaking Zoom trend, you know, the, the video Zoom trend going on. Yeah. The one that everybody uses. And um, so I would it, say I, I got onto Instagram mm-hmm. late. Why did you say that? Because... At that point, I was in. I was in college, and then I started mm-hmm. on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I would say that by that point, mm-hmm. you know, Instagram is a huge platform. Yeah, yeah. For many, not just photographers, mm-hmm. models, gaming. Yeah. Whatever you can name. Yeah, it's um. There was no algorithm at that point either. I forgot when they introduced it, but everybody... Right, I was there when yeah. they changed it. Oh, you were there? I don't, I don't remember. I was a little bit before. Oh, yeah. okay. I don't remember what it what it was like during that time. Like, I remember, like, a week before they announced it and it implemented, everyone's like, signed a petition to, yeah. <laughs> to keep it chronological. At that yeah. point, I was still a noob at it. I'm just <laughs> like, I don't see what's going on. And, yeah, I don't see what's... I mean, nobody saw it, but... Let's see, after the Mark III, it was like, it was just constantly buying gear. Like, constantly, constantly looking at gears. Buying gear, selling gear, and it just. You think you're a pro because you own the full frame camera? Right. And uh, so. Most people wouldn't be able to tell the difference, honestly. No, you don't. Yeah, I mean, like. Well, with the photography yeah. nerds. Yeah, yes. with the photography nerds, yeah, kind of, but. Uh, I think I also bought it because I also had a wedding coming up. Like, I was shooting, like, my first wedding, and I was like, ooh, time to get the, the full-frame cam. Actually, wait, never mind. I didn't have it. After the, the photography gig, it's like, oh, you get your first one, so I'm going to get, like, 30 more easy pieces, right? Uh, no, that's not real. No. No, no it's, like, it's, it's way more complicated than that. Market is very competitive. Yeah, the market is definitely very competitive. People want to be cheap, unfortunately. And... Uh, yeah, just like looking back at it now, I'm just like, why the hell did I buy so much gear? Like, it's not even. How much did you buy? Two. I I completely lost track. <laughs> like, was it more lenses or? Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I think at that point I knew like it, it's all in the lens. Like, after the 24 to 105, I got the 35, 14 by Sigma, and that's a that's a lens that I've consistently had. I'm getting really bored of it now because it's the only lens that I have that I'll, that allows me to autofocus. But it was like 35, 24, and then I sold that, and then I bought a. I forgot what I bought. What did you buy? Let me let me look back. Sorry, we keep on running into technical problems and problems with people making noises. So um, yeah, right. We're we're just we're just gonna go over the cycle of uh, lenses that we bought. And um, Skinny is going to give you like a quick rundown because, you know, at some point I feel like everybody goes like gear crazy. Yeah. Like you just buy a fuck ton of like gear and you kind of lose track, right? It's just like gear, 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 gear. But you sold many of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I sold everything. 
Um, yeah, it, it happens. The great thing about like cameras is that they or, or lenses that they retain their value for like a good amount of time. Right. Like I've never seen. I think the one lens I've seen drop drastically is like the twenty-four to seventy f two Mark II, f two point eight Mark II. That to me was very surprising and how like all of them dropped like even the seventy two hundred we'll, we'll talk about that later but um, so I guess I'll start off with the lenses I'll go from the widest to the tightest so I think the I had the fourteen millimeter by Rokinon I personally didn't like that one and um, I don't feel like Rokinon has really improved on anything like Sigma or Tamron. They're doing a way, way better job in improving their themselves as a third-party company. And, um, yeah, it's just like the 14mm the was always suggested for video, astrophotography, and, like, skateboarding. But it, it never... Yes, <laughs> yeah, the wide like, angle. The, the ultra-wide angle. But in the, the more that I grew with photography, I'm like, you can't just be, like, a one-trick pony in terms of the lens. And that was my thought process back then that, you know, I just like, you've got to be able to do more, like, especially, right. Especially when you're I'm switching between everything. And then it wasn't very sharp either. So like, if I wanted to take a big portrait, it was, it was just kind of odd, too much chromatic aberration, all the nitty gritty stuff that we go over and like the vignetting. And then I think what's another 16 or 35. I just didn't like that lens because of the the form factor. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was always like always like a weird lens to put in my uh, just in my bag, which is like mm, I own the the Mark One, the Mark Two has IS, and that's that's one thing I always wish that it had like IS. What else? I don't I don't think I and then I own the twenty mil by Sigma. That was a great lens, like f one point four. I remember you having it. Yeah, it was like the worst thing was that the filters, like you had to buy specialized filters for it. And I mean, other than that, it was like I shot portraits with that. It's a great lens, not too many issues, and there were no back focusing issues, which was kind of odd to me. <clears throat> but that lens didn't even drop in price either. Like it's still pretty consistent. Uh, 24 to 105, my least favorite lens ever, F4, because it just sucks. I just, I think it's a cheap gimmick. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I didn't like it. It wasn't sharp. The V1, it felt cheap. I hate the way that it rotates. Like, yeah, 24 to, 24, uh, 24 to 70, F2 is like my favorite lens, though. Like, if you get one lens, one zoom, it's definitely that one. And it was just really sharp, really fast, never missed the focus, really well built. The Mark II is way better because once you zoom out, it actually zooms out. When you zoom in, it stays, you know, like, it's what is it called? Like, non... Not extended. Yeah, it extends itself correctly. Right. Incorrectly. Uh, then I owned a 28 to 70. That was the predecessor to the 24 to 70. And I think if that's another like really inexpensive lens people can get, and I think it's underrated. The problem is like the, the what do you what do you call it? The what is it like the barrel, or like the lens cap is like, what is it? No, the the lens hood. Right. It's it's so gigantic for no reason. So that's probably it one of the drawbacks. It makes you look pro. It makes you look pro. Yeah, but 
it, it's a great lens. Like if you ever look at it and it's really inexpensive, I would probably buy it. Uh, 35, favorite lens of all time. I'm kind of bored of it now because... Uh, it's the Sigma 35. 35. I've owned the Canon one too. Like I've owned bo- both versions and the colors on the Sigma always look way, way better. For some reason. I don't know why. That's interesting. It's uh, more contrasty but not overly done. Yeah, the Sigma, the Canon one, the Mark One. I, I just didn't like it. Like there was something about it right. that, that I didn't like. I don't know if it was the colors or the way it gripped everything because Sigma, the Canon ones never have like a back focusing issue. Like all, it's always the third party ones. And then what else did I own? I, then I owned, I've owned multiple 50s, 50 millimeters. The, the 50 1.8 is like, that's the best one. Like everybody's had it. Like it's, it stood the test of time. The Sigma one, I didn't like the form factor, but at that point, I think I was just so used to 35s. Right. Like like 35 mil. And then, what, what comes out to 50? 70 to 200. <laughs> that was like your dream lens. Yeah. That was my dream that lens. Was, that was the dream lens. Everyone's dreams lens. Everybody's, because it was like the most... The biggest one with the with the white right. ring, and you could get, you could do a lot of things with it, from portraits to mm-hmm. tight landscape. Yeah, I was like, it's just too big, dude. Like, I think that was like the, the reason I, I made a video about it. it. Has a lot of has a lot of dislikes on it, um, but it's like people get mad because I'm like, this is the reason I sold it, and people are like, people are just mad over it, like. This is my opinion. This is, right. This is anything People else. People can't see reason. They have a bias towards it because they like it. Yeah, because they like it and it's like... They click it because yeah, it piqued the interest of what you have to say. Yeah, and it was like, like the size is so obnoxious. Like, unless you want to be like freaking Joe, Joe Blow with your like... <laughs> I was going to say something else, but... It, like it's just like the form factor it's girthy it's big and yeah sure you get bragging rights but i I feel like if you're not doing professional work with Mm -hmm. it or making you know bread and money with it Mm -hmm. i don't think it's worth it yeah just to have four enthusiasts hobbyists yeah yeah that's that's something i've never thought of but you're you're definitely right it's it's not a it's not for the enthusiast or like the hobbyist it's definitely for I think that yeah, it's definitely for the pros. It's it's just like are you a sports photographer and you're clearly making money? So yeah, like go get it. It's it's probably the best choice. Right. But the moment you like what I've noticed is the moment you get these lenses, like after a few weeks, you're like, do I even need this? Right. Like, the magic's kind of like it's gone, gone. It's and reality gone. sets in. Yeah. It's like mm. it's like damn. Now I need a model to shoot this with. Or I need something to do with it so it doesn't collect dust and I get my return of investment. But I felt that the most with the 70 to 200. And uh, I'm just happy it retained its value when I sold it. Right. Yeah. And then the 8518, that is, I think I have a love and hate relationship with it. I like the focal length, but I don't like the Canon one. I just, I, I just never like the colors or the way that it looked or the autofocus, but 85 is a good a good focal length, mm-hmm. and then 
going back to the 35, I, I did sell it off at one point. Like I never, like the moment I went full frame is the moment I also picked up a 35 and I, ne and I let it go at one point. I'm like, cause I thought I was going to go full right. all zooms, but I'm like, I'm not a, I don't like zooms as much as I liked it. And even then when I had a zoom, I would always just shoot like 35, 51, 70. It's like all the, all the 200, prime. 200. It's, it's all the, it's, it's all that set. Yeah. It's all that prime set. So I'm like, I went, I thought I was going to go like Hebrew Trinity, Hebrew Trinity. Yeah. Holy Trinity. The 20 to 24. The 16 to 35, 24 to 70 and 70 to 200. But yeah, like, mm, I really like shallow depths of field. And like, I, like, I think at one point I found a good rhythm, like 24 to 70, 20 mil and 35, because that's, that's like a pretty good set for what I was doing. For sure. And then. And what were you doing most of the... It was, it was mostly like portrait work, but now I'm just like YouTube. I think YouTube is somewhere where the, the primes come in handy because in the space that I'm in, um, it's just like people want high quality. And I think primes definitely give you that that prime that like very sharp look right yeah so i'm all primes i think i've kind of made up my mind on that just like hmm, primes are better i don't know i'm not doing anything fast paced everything is like like everything's pretty it's a pretty controlled environment for sure yeah what about you i um like i said i started with the d7 not d5200 from nikon that was a a little bit more of an enthusiast camera, starter camera, 18 to 55. And then after that, I got into the full frame, Nikon D750. At the time, it was one of the great budget full frame mm -hmm. for starters. And I got the 24 to 120 with it along with that, just because I didn't want a crop frame, a crop sensor lens to go with it. So yeah. I had the 50. I had the 24 to 120, and I run and gun with that for two years, mm -hmm. maybe less, because I, I would say, yeah, about so. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I thought I was the greatest <laughs> stuff ever in my school. <laughs> I was like, I know what to do with my photo, you know. Do you really? <laughs> you know, if you had a full frame, no one going to understand what a full frame was. And you understand that you're like, oh man, I'm the greatest photographer ever. Yeah, it's like the moment you jump from crop, crop to, to full frame, <laughs> you get that bragging right. You, you, but, but no one's gonna understand. No, no one, no one. It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's, oh my god, just take a picture already. Yeah, like I think the biggest confusion is when you. Like with prime lenses, people try to zoom with them. Right. Like, and they just get out focused. Yeah. And they don't understand that prime is just yeah. one focal length. Yeah. And what and they're like, what do you mean zoom with your feet? Yeah, yeah. It's a... Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Continue. Yeah. yeah. Um, after that, I work with many other cameras from work and school. But I don't particularly pay attention to them. I, I work with like Canon... 60D, 50D, one few of the older lenses, stuff like that. And 
that is the time when I transitioned to film, actually. And my first film camera would be the Nikon or the Nikon Nikkormat FTN. And that was, that shoots 35, you know, and you got to go with the 51.8 or 1.4 because uh, 51.4 was the standard kit lens for all mm -hmm. the film camera back in the days. After that, I started to get into this analog community where film cameras are very affordable compared yeah. to digital cameras. And so I was on a craze, as you were, but with film cameras, I was yeah. buying left and right. And this was before, uh, before everybody decided to go and... Uh, to go all film again. And cameras back then... I got a full kit for about fifty dollars for mm -hmm. my first camera. Uh, for the Nikon F that I got, it was it was about a hundred fifty dollars. I also got a thirty-five to eight along with that. I never shot a thirty-five prior to this mm -hmm. moment, and that made me realize I freaking love thirty-five, as you were. Yeah, like it's a. Yeah, it's because what your eyes see, you know, 35 to 50. Yeah, and but people say 50 is what your eyes see. So I'm just like, nah. <laughs> so 35, that, that got me hooked. And I was starting to collecting cameras, a, a little bit of like junk camera, I would say, like mm -hmm. Minota, Shoot 110 film. Um, and then afterwards, I got into medium format. I never knew what medium format was, but seeing twin lens reflex, like the roller flex, that would be cool. So I got into that. I got a Yashica mat that should medium format film in a square format. I got it for about $100, but nowadays you can, they're going up in prices in about like $200 or so on eBay. And so... The next medium format was the Mamiya RP67. I love that. Too heavy. Oh, how big was it? I, was, I say it was about five pound. Holy moly. Five pound for a medium format camera that works like a Hasselblad, shoots just a little bit bigger, but so heavy. And then after that, I got a Pentax 6-7. I got all these cameras, but I never shoot them. <laughs> and that that also happens. Like you think you're gonna use something constantly, right? And then you don't. Yeah. It just ends up sitting like. Yeah, it's just like the Pentax Six Seven. It needed battery to work. Battery was expensive, from Walgreen. It was like thirteen dollars. What kind of battery? It was well. LR44, something like that. You know it's what one they of have? Those stout battery, but not quite. Is it the really thin one? No, it's kind of like. It's like imagine battery. a double A battery, cut it in one fourth. Oh, oh, oh! I, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, and so I didn't love that camera, sold it, and then. Recently just sold a lot of other cameras. I had one camera. I got the Nikon FTN Got stolen away from me Which is a bummer, but like actually stolen. 
Yeah. Oh, shit, man. So, whatever, but they got the 35-8 that I loved. That, that lens worth more than the camera itself. <laughs> no. I, I was so salty about it. I bought the camera body for $25. And then the lens was $60. Oh, man. <laughs> Wait, how much does it retail for right now? Did oh, man. Right now, if you look for the 35-8 Nikon... Mm -hmm. It's about a hundred to hundred and fifty. Yeah, that's a two eight version. Yeah. If you want the f two version, you add a little bit more, like fifty dollar more, sure. Sixty dollar more. If you want the f one point four version, mm -hmm. you pay paying three fifty, uh. four hundred, five hundred, for like a nineteen sixties lens, nineteen seventies lens. And that's because, like, everybody wants to get a film camera now. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then after that, I was set on the mind of, like, instead of buying all the junk camera that I don't shoot, Yeah. why don't I just focus on a camera that I want to shoot for life? Yeah. And that is when I started looking into other cameras, like rangefinders. Oh, I actually mm -hmm. got my first rangefinder, which is the Canon, Canon at QL17, a nifty a nifty rangefinder with a 40 milli, 40 millimeter lens with a 1.7 mm -hmm. all mechanical and they call it the poor man's Leica <laughs> because it was cheap yeah and it was a rangefinder and I love that camera yeah until it was broken I used it to death I, I would say that well it was already at <laughs> it was already in the grave you know it was yeah. already in the coffin yeah uh, I bought that camera for about $50 or so and Pretty good price. I, I got, I, I would say I got a good return of investment on it. Mm -hmm. Not that I sell, sold it for anything. It's just that I shot so much of it. Mm -hmm. It made me realize that I like rangefinder and the compactness of a rangefinder. Yeah, yeah. And for those who don't know what a rangefinder is, it is basically the predecessor design mm -hmm. to SLR, which is single lens reflex. What you see is what you get, which is now today's DSLR or mirrorless, you see is what you get. But rangefinder, you look through a window frame that has a box that approximate what you would see in that picture. So prime example would be the Leica yeah. nowadays. But everyone nowadays hates the Leica. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Because of the price tag, I get that. It's basically the apple of cameras. It like. is, it is. But they got a great innovation. Yeah. That is one of the reasons why we got 35 millimeter film. Yeah. One of the reasons why we got DSLR nowadays. Yeah. Right. So, um, like it or not, I actually got myself a Leica. Yeah. A Leica M42, which I still have nowadays and love. It is my single-handed most used camera in everyday carry with the 35 1.4. And no, it is not a Leica lens. I cannot afford a Leica lens. What is it? The, Su the Sumalux? Sumalux is the 1.4. Yeah. Why did they give them those names? Sumalux? Oh, actually, what is it? Sumalux? The naming, their naming convention is actually pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, I think Sumi is to pay homage to a name to design the lens. Mm -hmm. uh, Sumi and then uh, Lux in Latin mean light. Light, yeah. Like, let there be light. Yeah. So... Mm -hmm. Sumi, Sumi looks is kind of like to play on the word that 1.4 allow mm -hmm. a lot of light. Oh. So it well, lets you 
Uh-huh. Yeah. So do all one fours are all one fours called? All Sumalux? one four are called Sumalux. All mm-hmm. F two are called Sumacron. What does Cron mean? You know what? I you actually forgot. <laughs> um, and then the 1.0 or mm-hmm. the 0.95 is knocked deluxe. Huh? Knocked deluxe. The sound knock. That sounds like nocturnal. Yeah, exactly. Because you can shoot at night. Oh, oh and that's looks oh. light. So. Oh, that is pretty neat. Point nine five, yeah. and so the knocked knocked the looks. Oh. But that lens costs about like ten grand. If you got oh. that money, then uh, you can go ahead and you know buy yourself a nice fifty point nine five. But I ain't got cash for that. Shoot, no wonder doctors doctors are the only ones that can afford right. this. Right, modern cameras, modern Leicas. Yeah. So the Leica I have is about is made in Canada. Yeah. Kind of depreciate the value a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not have a light meter. Mm-hmm. And it is from the 70s. I got it on a very, very good deal. Um, so even for the time, like a vintage Leica cameras are still expensive, but this deal was nowhere else to have. So I got lucky on that. Once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. So. Uh, I I would consider myself very lucky to have this Leica, so I don't think I will ever sell it. Yeah. And right now I'm just kind of working towards selling off gears. I had a Contax G1 mm-hmm. at some point. It was great, but viewfinder was too small. I didn't like that, and that also a rangefinder, but still retained its value. Uh, funnily, sometimes I think I may have flipped it for just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And to talk about that, that is crazy how film are coming back and all these older cameras are not only depreciating, it's actually inflating in prices. Inflating in prices because everybody, especially like contacts, man, like it's so weird to see like, like older videos, like before Kylie Jenner decided to like show it to the world. Like it's so weird, like. I don't know. Like it, they, they've always been there, right? Like, it's, but it's people always, never paid attention to them. Yeah, like when did they get paid attention to? When the celebrity endorsed it, right? Yeah. Um, Frank Ocean had a Contax T three, mm-hmm. I believe, which is the one after uh, Kylie Jenner T two, mm-hmm. and we saw that at the camera store. Yeah, and they were selling for what eighteen hundred. A lot. Yeah, uh, it was just like, man, it's it's like cameras are their own little economy too, like their own little supply and demand, and uh, I don't know, like Contax is not a company anymore. Yeah, like who owns the rights to this to this company? Because like they're they're missing out on a ton of real estate. Like they are. Saying, like if they have a revival of any of these contacts, mm-hmm. people would go crazy for it. Yeah, yeah, and I think. Even I, even if it's crop sensor or <laughs> no, I don't. We, I don't shoot crop. <laughs> crop. Crop is for pe- peasants. Uh, but yeah, it's like you know, you know. Like, I think with every camera wave, like I think the biggest one we're seeing right now is it's weird because they're seeing like the past and the future right. with film coming back, and then us transitioning away from the DSLR from the era. DSLR era and. And the in the phone world too, like every every phone is getting so much better because of the optics. 
and the software updates. Right. So it's like a, it's like a camera renaissance. Like all the, every car all uses cameras new, too yeah. as well, and we kind of we kind of benefit from that, right? Yeah, and I guess that is my camera journey. Instead of going all digital like you did, mm-hmm. investing all the lenses. At some point, I had that craze, but then that passion kind of died out. Yeah. Um, not because of you know the photography community or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just that work made me realize that it's not worth it mm-hmm. to shoot digital. It didn't feel rewarding. It didn't mm-hmm. felt like I was shooting a camera. Mm-hmm. It just felt like I was pushing a button and things appears on the screen. Yeah. It's like yeah. your phone. It's like you're just, right. you're just shoot and burn. Like. Right. And yeah. I didn't have any creative control in there. Like, of mm-hmm. course, you know, as a job, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But it wasn't me, so I looked towards street photography side, mm-hmm. and that's what I do. I stopped doing gigs for a long time. Yeah. And I even have some people come up to me for gigs, but yeah. I would, you know, recommend you for it. Yeah. Because, yeah, even, I don't think, I think it's very, people like to shoot for themselves, but uh, I think we're really reliant on the on the digital meter. Like, I'm pretty reliant on it, the digital meter, and people want it instantly, and, like, some of these chemicals are pretty bad for the environment, too, so it's, it's like, hmm, we'll film die out, and will it become its own little... Niche, Und- more niche market more niche. again. Yeah, because, I mean, Portra and Kodak, they're raising their prices a whole bunch. About 35% since last year. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, so, um, so like, I don't know. Like, what what, what will happen? Like, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, I, what's everything that's happening, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Right. Uh, but, Isaac, you do shoot film nowadays. I, I do shoot films. It is pretty fun. And it's nice to because not of have, me. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like, because it's like you know you don't have to edit. Like it comes out, right. it saves a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't even know. Like, it's getting so crazy with everything. Like the, like the photo world. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Uh, here's something you guys should know. Uh, don't buy you green uh, headphone splitter. Um, as cheap as it is. Huh. Uh, yeah, as cheap as it is, it's a very bad uh, headphone splitter. And um, yeah, what are, what are some of the trends that uh, that you own? I mean, what that you own that you uh, that you feel like you've gotten sucked into? Um, definitely film camera wise. Yeah, you know, like YouTubers would make mm-hmm. uh, videos about this certain camera, mm-hmm. and I'll be going on eBay as he talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I want the Olympus XA or I want yeah. a Context T2. What would what are those prices be? Mm-hmm. And, you know, those always go up after video coming out. Yeah. And so it, it, it sucks, mm-hmm. but um, sometimes it's fun hunting for a camera that you want for a long time just because these cameras are not made yeah. anymore. Yeah. Japanese camera hunter man. Yeah, and I mean, you could go to him. Mm-hmm. You could go to Bellamy Hunt, but the prices he charges for it is not the price I, w- I am mm-hmm. willing to pay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... Uh, other stuff, like mirrorless. Mirrorless cameras. 
mm-hmm. that trend. Oh, yeah. that's not a trend, everywhere. dude. That's just the future. It's just like the future. Uh, I mean, I mean more like trends like everybody started using the 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 blue and yellow tint. I mean, what is it? The orange and blue tints, like the yeah, editing or, styles. or the, the deep green. Oh, the deep, the visco. <laughs> yeah, like the the portrait deep green. The deep green, yeah, the deep greens is all like like. You see it, and you're like, should I hop on this? But everyone hops on it. Yeah, ho- everybody hops on it. And those are the photographers that mm-hmm. get the gig. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know why. It's like, we're clearly, <laughs> like, we're clearly using presets from time to time, and it's like, everybody's getting the presets, so everything, right. like, at some point, your timeline all looks the same. It's There's nothing unique about it. At that point, would you be? Wouldn't you just be the business person who pushes a button? Yeah, I mean, what is what is art like? Are we creating art, or are we just creating a commodity? Right. Yeah. We're just giving what people need. Yeah, what people need, right? And that's sort of how it works. I actually had that happen to me once what? after I edit mm-hmm. my whole set of pictures for a graduate mm-hmm. session, but then they didn't like the edit. They wanted more blue, more blue yeah. and yellow. And yeah. then mm. they had me read the, the whole thing, which is fine, yeah. whatever. But it was kind of odd, you know, odd that uh, that they want a certain look. Yeah, and that's, that's what I feel like people are running into now because they're like, give me this look. And like, they'll hire you and they'll be like, give me this look. But you hired me for the things that I I make, right? But right. why why would you want this look that everybody else that everyone else is doing? Yeah, that everybody like you you hired me for me for my for my style, not for right to to edit it like this. And but at the same time, we want we need the money. Yeah, we, but I think I've always been pretty clear. Like I'm, I edit like the way I do, and you're gonna be okay with it. You're gonna be okay with it, or else like like things don't work out if you don't. If you don't say that right away, because you, you should say that. I think one of the, I think everybody did the zoom effect, you know, the the, the zoom out mm-hmm. transition. Right. That I hopped on that one too, but it was like, everybody's doing it. Like, what the <laughs> heck, dude? Like, let's, it's just really boring. It gets to be really boring when everyone's just copying one another. Right. Let's see, what, what was another trend? I would say, oh, the Visco plus traveling to like, Greenland <laughs> with the tent yeah, the shooting out oh, man I yeah that's that was definitely a trend what happened we're, we're, I know <laughs> I guess people are not traveling as much anymore well they, they all seen it everyone sees the same pictures everybody sees Iceland uh, everybody sees uh, Hawaii like the stairs right like this uh, it's like I feel like I've been there. Like, I don't need to go there anymore, but <laughs> it's already there. I've or already seen it. Just shooting out on a boat. There, there will be boating in this big lake in Iceland or wherever. The boat in Iceland? I don't remember that one. It's part of the same trip of all the Visco shooting out the tent. Oh, you know which, one, which one's very prominent? Um, uh, Norway. Norway, like the like, there's this one photo that everybody replicates. It's like you search up Norway, and it's like the very first <laughs> image that comes out of there. It's like, you oh, know, no. this isn't this isn't fun anymore. 
Like, did you go through the trend of HDR? I don't think I did. Ah, uh, yeah, those those pictures do not get to see the damn light though. <laughs> it's it's like HDR portraits. Oh and, god. And. Um... <laughs> but I want to say that yeah, phone HDR portraits do it way better. Oh, do they really? I've, yeah. ne- I've never tried it. It's, they, uh... they balance out a lot better than what we can try to do in Lightroom and Photoshop. And speaking of that, mm-hmm. phone photography. Mm-hmm. How often do you use your phone for actual photography? To be quite honest, it's mostly it's mostly like receipts. Or Same. Like, Same. <laughs> it's just like, it's a receipt or... Oh, I'm like, I'll take the photo and I'll edit it and maybe I'll upload it. But I just, I just forget. And I think that's, that's something film is like, that allows me, like, I have to think more about it, right? Because you only have certain, certain shots, shots. 36 shots. It's not cheap to. Well, it's cheap for you since (laughs) I double up it. (laughs) I pay you back in food. Uh, But But yeah, development is quite expensive. expensive. And then... I don't know, like, once you see it, you're like, oh, here, I think the, I think I said it in my flip camera video, like, there's just, like, a beauty to the amount of flaws that we, we've right. had with past cameras, except that weird, weird period from, like, 1999 to, like, 2004, where, with like, all the weird plastics, with all the weird plastics, but, like, I think film cameras do have their flaws, and they're really great, and I think we're just leaning a little bit to, to, towards... We just have way too much. Like we, we have too much right. panoramas it, and like cameras nowadays are too perfect. Yeah, they're too perfect, and it's like, is this even fun anymore? If like everyone owns the Sony A7R. Yeah, yeah. We're shooting like mm-hmm. forty megapixels. Yeah, and I guess that's. Is like, there even a need for medium format digital cameras anymore? Mm-hmm. Well, for billboards and stuff, yeah. But that's even even then. That's like a very niche group of people like even it's so niche like what percentage of the population is a professional marketing photographer right right. i just i don't know like i guess it's it's so everybody feels like a pro and but i think that's where like my artistic side the the philosophy of the art comes in like it's too perfect like isn't our jobs to sort of try to blend everything and sort of create something unique and when it when something's unique it, it has its flaws or that's that's part of the fun right so i i, I think it's to some extent i want to be like mm, like this isn't great but it's great that we get to do so many things and we right. have like the range of options to do whatever we want with the with the camera right right uh wait how did we get into this uh, phone photography. Phone photography. Oh, the trends. Yeah, the trends. It's just like the S twenty. The S twenty. Oh man, like, like I think I think my favorite part about where everything is going is that you really can't complain about making a video or a photo. Right. Like, you don't need some fancy smanshy DSLR or mirrorless. Like, if you bought the S twenty right now, like you have your wide, your ultra wide. Your, your standard your standard and your zoom your zoom like and they advertise it for a hundred time optical yeah zoom. yeah so like you have an entire set right in your pocket and then you just 
you just study light. Like, I think that's what separates like photographers too from like the ordinary people. Like, you don't know the fundamentals. Right. Even as as fancy as your camera is, like you're never gonna be like taking an amazing photo because you don't know the fundamentals. But again, I, I just sound like a snob at that point. But it's it's like to some of us, it's just photos for fun. To some of us, it's you know, it's a lifestyle. To others, it's a business. So, I mean, you can say that about about anything, right? Like, yeah, to 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 that extent. Um, but it's a great way for people to get interested in photography as a whole. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think people, I think even if you're editing something on your phone with like, like Lightroom Mobile, I think you you're people still are a little editing. Yeah, you're still editing, and people are a little bit more understanding that you know, we do click buttons. <laughs> That's like we're professional button pushers. Right. But you're able to, like, it takes time to do all this. And to make it look unique and to go through the process of everything. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there, there's just a two different route that people can take nowadays in terms of trends. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, one of them being film photography. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for young people or any people who wants to get into photography now, you can't go wrong with either way. Either way, I feel mm-hmm. like you're going to learn some way or the other yeah yeah i think yeah you're right on that aspect like people are i think that's great right like we also get to learn about other aspects of like music making or graphic design or sort of that and we get to dabble in it it's like a very low barrier to entry yeah for sure well what what do you see that photography can go from here uh, in terms of art tech um, in terms of tech, I mean, it's only going to get better. More more stuff is just going to trickle down to us. Low light performance is going to get way better. Autofocus. The one trend I don't see is everybody getting a flippy screen. Like, <laughs> like come on, guys. Like, that's... The everybody no screen. No <laughs> Have you uh, seen the Fuji uh, X-Pro3? Uh, no, I have not. No There's screen? no screen on the back. Oh, dude, that's... There's one LCD screen that tells uh-huh. you what... Fuji color you're shooting. Are you, are you kidding? No, I'm not. Oh, well, there is, I think there's yeah. a flippy screen, but yeah. mainly the screen will be hidden unless you flip it out mm. on the bottom, which uh, is very I hate, I hate, odd place to be. Yeah, I hate those. And, you know, like us be doing like a things, always want to go try and go back to film. Yeah. They all don't have a screen at some point. Yeah. But that's Leica. Leica can do that. Uh, it's it's legal for it's legal for them to do that. Um, I think every camera company needs to realize that. You just give us a flippy screen, right? Like no matter, like just give us a freaking. Everyone flippy is screen. doing video on those cameras anyway. Yeah, every, yeah. Do we even have a need for camcorders or professional video mm-hmm. cam anymore? Hi, that's a. That's what I was debating between, as I made my last video. Because the 60 Mark II, I, I think I would have gone with a, a, a camcorder. Right. Because it does more video-centric stuff. But I think mostly what, it, like, the tripods always feel more built for, like, the DSLR, like, the square form factor. Right. Like, the, like the way we traditionally think of a camera. 
uh, I, I think it's more balanced that way as well. Yeah, it's it's more balanced. It's ish mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know where camcorders place. I can see like more high end, like the C100, the Blackmagic Cinema, right. like the GH4. But they still, sh- not not the C100, like the the GH5 and the Blackmagic, they also share this like very squarey form factor. And, but I, I really don't know. I'm not, I'm not really too knowledgeable on that camcorder side. Yeah. And you, you know what photography nowadays, mm-hmm. with the mirrorless being the higher technology now, mm-hmm. DSLR not being used as much anymore. Um, there always a debate of will DSLR be out of the game anytime mm-hmm. soon. Do you think so? I, I think so, mm-hmm. because, um, well, there's some flaws in mirrorless, right? Yeah. For low light shooting, you cannot shoot. Um, What's that thing called when it's not mechanical shutter? Electronic shutter, right? Yeah. You cannot shoot electronic shutter over one five hundred of a second because of the flickering of the light. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Oh, you mean rolling shutter? Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they are mm. kind of like rolling shutter. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Sorry, I, I, I have something <laughs> in my eye. I Don't touch your eyes. Mouth or anywhere. I use the I use the hand wipe before I did this. So, uh, yes, everyone who's you know being affected, anyhow, please be careful at this time of the moment. Um, no, I I think, I think mirrorless. Yeah, like, I think we'll find a way to balance every single thing. But I, I've I made a video about that too. Like, man, like, DSLRs have just like the weather ceiling advantage and. Companies are focusing way more on them because everybody's demanding them more. And I don't know, like, I think it's just the fact that we grew up with them. Right. So we just have that don't let it go. Right. But it, it's the future. That's like how technology progresses. I feel like they'll make a comeback. Just like, for sure. Just I hold mean, on to them. Just hold on to them. Yeah, Nikon just came out with the following up with the Nikon T750 which is the D780. Mm-hmm. That, that is a DSLR. I think that's, I think this is like, the beginning of 2020 is like, that's it. Like we're closing. I don't think Canon is even making a 5D Mark V. They're right, because that's the R5. Now. Yeah, that's the R5. And I mean. Maybe 1DX Mark IV? The, I think the 1DX Mark III is their last like big resort. Bit last, it's like a hybrid system, and I don't. I get what they're trying to do, but I don't know if it'll be successful because people want smaller cameras, right? Like, right. Because you want the production to be better and better and better, both with smaller stuff, and that's great that we don't know, right? Like we're we'll just be surprised, and hopefully, as consumers, we'll we'll um we'll be like we'll just be better off, right? Like we'll, for sure. Like autofill, like. I remember when a camera with autofocusing cost like way, way more. What were like, I think the C100, that was like C200 when I bought the Mark III. Like that, that was like $7,000. Oh like, shoot. Yeah, like, <laughs> but now it's like T8, T8i has it. 
It's like it just built in there. Dual yeah. picture all around. Like you can't complain. Yeah. And man, speaking of autofocus, I haven't autofocus things. My bad, bro. <laughs> for Sorry, a long bro. time. Well, except for my Rico. Oh yeah. There's a uh, review coming soon. In like two weeks. Yes, it is the Rico GR1 film camera, so Yeah. I would say it is the alternative to the Contax T2. Don't say that. Because <laughs> then it'll get too popular. It is the alternative premium. I feel like everybody's Bunch. looking for that contacts alternative. Like, I try well, to look for... Yeah, I mean, that's why the Rico still retained that pricing. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like the, the C, the Canon EOS 300, the one that I did the review on, I feel like that's a pretty good alternative with like a pancake lens. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it just, I don't even know if it's crop. I forgot. You ever just, I don't know. I feel like I just rehearsed <laughs> the lines and I forget about it. Yeah. Well, um, you know, with film, you are shooting full frame all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah That's so, the benefit of it. Um, well, when it f- comes to film cameras, um, I don't think camera bodies matter that much. And that is mm-hmm. what you said in mm-hmm. your Canon EOS. Yeah. Review. Yeah. Um, it's just a black box, you know. Yeah. And so, I mean, some of you may, you know, crap on me saying I have a Leica, mm-hmm. but it, it's just that gear doesn't matter, bro. <laughs> it's just that I like the form factor. Yeah. It makes me feel like I'm actually shooting something. Yeah. Um, different rather than with that clunky, um, mirror. Oh yeah, slap. With, the, with the peasants use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my bad. But. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when it comes to, like, film cameras, mm-hmm. you can't really go wrong with anything. Just yeah. make sure you focus on the good lens. <laughs> the good lens. Yeah. I don't know, dude. It's like, I think it's it's great that the time we live in where we have so many choices. So many choices. And, you know, this is just one man's perspective. I'm going to put that on a shirt one day, one man's perspective, of where technology is progressing. The barrier to entry is lower than ever. There, you can't really complain too much. Right. And again, it comes down to the fundamentals. Like, that's shoot what you want. Shoot whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Go go outside and you know walk your dog or something. But um, yeah, I think I think that's a great thing about it. My, I think our opinions change just because we get older and yes. we've, we've seen the trends that come and go and totally. the hype around a certain camera, like the or phones, right? Like. Because our yeah. phones are our cameras. Like, we just see the trends. Like, like the red hydrogen one, like, the most hyped camera right. ever that let us down. The phone one, right? The phone that, that completely let us down. Everybody was super... Everyone was just really hopeful for that camera. Mm-hmm. But it flopped, like, completely. And, you know... Which sucks for such a big company. Yeah, yeah. Focus it, all around videography. Yeah. I think that that's... That was their art. That was everybody's complaint. Like, how are you such a incredible you camera? <laughs> yeah, you're a camera company that messes up the camera. Like, um, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm very hopeful for everything, and at the end of the day, like, it'll, it'll, it'll all trickle. Certain features will trickle trickle down over the years. I mean, dual pixel raw was only on the Mark Five, Mark Four. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and then it it trickled down. Look, it's on a T8i. Just like three years later. Like it's it's not. I haven't followed 
news in mm-hmm. terms of digital, digital? cameras. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, what the heck? You're gonna give us dual pixel raw inside <laughs> the T8i? Like, what the heck? So no real complaints on that one. Like, it'll, I think we're in a good state. Yeah, for sure. And as for me, art-wise, you know, like we said, shoot whatever you want. Go with phone, digital cameras, yeah. film cameras, whatever. As long as you are shooting for yourself. I, I think mm-hmm. that's what's the most important here. Yeah, definitely. Like, you can follow trends. You can, you know, try to copy people's, like, style. But it'll, I, I don't think it'll ever be, feel satisfying until it's, like, it's your own. Yeah, it's your own thing where you do it from beginning to end and you get some sort of that gratification by yourself. Right. And that's something everybody, I feel like, struggles with because it's so easy to, like, slap the preset on there. For sure. Or go to Iceland and get the exact same shot because, yeah. you know, that's what's going to gravitate people. Flights are hella cheap right now, people. Flights are hella cheap, <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it all comes down to just shoot for yourself. Do, do what makes you happy. And uh, ah, shoot, I was gonna—I forgot what I was gonna say. And yeah, I think I think that's it. So now we're in after so many technical problems. Yeah, we're sorry for all the pause and breaks and the change in audios. I hope you understand, as we don't have a budget for a studio, not yet. Anyway. Not yet, but um, um, so I hope you really, you guys really support us by listening, sharing, yeah. and uh, I'll always feel the. Always feel free to send a voicemail via Anchor. Uh, Any questions? Yeah. Maybe we'll send you you something because you're like the first person that uh, sends us a voicemail. But um, yeah, did you want to cover anything else? Because I feel like people are going to be indoors anyways. (laughs) They're going to be listening to us. Well, um, should we cover anything else? Um, Um, Well, in terms of the pandemic right now, I do have one funny story, which was... This man, these two brothers in Tennessee, yeah. I believe, and they bought, they went out a few weeks before all uh-huh. the panic buying. They bought all, a lot of hand sanitizers yeah. and toilet papers. They have, get this, 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizers. What kind of hand sanitizer? Just a Perel one. Is the, that the good kind? <laughs> yeah. So they have 17,000 bottles. Um, these two brothers, they just try and go out and sell it for a uh-huh. much profit pricing. Oh, my God. Guys, yeah. guys, wh- where is this? This is on the New, New York, York Times. Times. That way, what's the title? He has 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer and nowhere to sell, sell them. them. Oh, okay. We'll link, you, we'll link it down below. And so um, these two brothers, Matt and Noah Cohen, they went out to, like, Dollar Tree, Walmart, Staples, uh-huh. whatever they can find. Yeah. Just buy everything, right? The One of the brothers went out with a U-Haul truck, pop-up shop, yeah. trying to sell hand sanitizers in the backwoods. Meanwhile, uh, Matt, right here, he put everything up online, like Amazon and eBay. Yeah. Um, however, Amazon and eBay, they're like, yo, hold up. Yeah. These price surge is ridiculous. Mm. People should not be profiting over pandemic scares. Mm-hmm. And so they these items have been taken down from their website. Yeah. Because of the price surge. And so they have nowhere to sell. Same for eBay. How much do they spend on this? I would say they are spending quite a lot. Um but 
Coven, Matt Coven here, he said he would sell them when they were up between $8 and $70 each bottle. This is like, this, this stuff you shouldn't be doing. Because it's just, stop being a POS. What a POS, bro. Like, yeah, and there's this nurse who just gave birth to a child, to her uh-huh. first child on March 5th. Yeah. While she's trying to search for all these hygiene Central? supplies. Yeah. She couldn't find anything. She even stopped using gas just to find money. Oh. Just to buy some of the stuff. On Amazon, she couldn't find anything less than $50. Wipes, mask, oh, no. and hand sanitizers. Yeah. See, like, guys, don't buy everything. Don't be a POS. Like, everybody needs... I think, you know... Everything will be okay. Like, listen to the CDC and the World Health Organization. Oh, my goodness. But listen to CDC and the World Health Organization. Do not listen to celebrities and advertisers. Listen to the doctors and the scientists, please. Oh, my gosh. Holy. Is, are those hand wipes? Yep. Clorox wipes. Ah, oh, jeez. See, this is what you're not supposed to do because everybody Just needs bins them. Bins and bins of them. This is like capitalism at its finest. Welcome to America, everyone. Welcome to America. This is America. Childs can be now. Holy moly. Technically, what does that say? Mr. Colvin is 36. And what? And where? Oh, 350. Oh, come on. Yeah, he... The price was $5 pack. He haggled it to 350 to buy them all for the mask. Yeah, uh, it's just ridiculous, you know. Yeah. Um, we've seen, you know, Costco... People mm-hmm. be stealing here and there. Yeah. And so, um, I would say, relating this back to photography. Yeah. Great time to photograph and document everything. Oh yeah, street. like, I think that's a, that's a pretty good project right now. Like it's so weird going out on the streets, and seeing like, it being so dead in the most in the places where it's the most crowded. We've seen business slowing down yeah much much more yeah the the economic impacts like a real and uh even you know? myself have been impacted by yeah. this uh yeah yeah recently it's uh just you know listen to the authorities and uh we'll all be okay every, every, no, no no need a pandemic or no need to like prep for apocalypse no no need, yeah that's that's the best way it's uh be aware, be alert, but uh, don't be a, don't be a POS like yeah. Mr. I'm not even gonna call. What's his guy's name again? Matt and Noah Coven. Don't be a POS like Matt and Noah, because um, uh, that's how people go to the extremes. All right, I think that's about it. Uh, hour ten, short stories. Uh, we'll come back with more. Maybe tomorrow. Jk, next week. We'll be yeah. back next week. We'll be back next week. I'll be back with. My Galaxy Buds review. Oh, yeah. Actually, we have a few minutes. You want to... Okay. Uh, okay. For sure. I mean, uh, in terms of Galaxy Buds, this is the Bud Plus, which is the second generation, kind of like the um, AirPods 2. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, it's pretty straightforward as what you see, what you get. No fancy box or anything. It's decent, you know. Um, it leans a little bit more towards space. I don't think anyone could complain about that. But it is not too bass heavy like the, whatchamacallit, the beats that all focus on bass. Who, who buys beats? Um, 
Apple fanboys. <laughs> no, no, we don't buy those. And the separation is just okay. Um, there's not much of a mid. Um, sometimes the mid detail would be missing in terms of bass. Uh, that bass kind of overpower it, but it's not too bassy once again. And so uh, what I like about it is that it has ambient sound, just like your AirPod Pros does. The surround awareness sound. But it doesn't have a... It does not have noise canceling. Feels like you could just add it in there. <laughs> feel like they missed that on a good opportunity. Right. But it has passive noise canceling because uh-huh. you're shoving it in there, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. that that is a part I don't really like as for someone who doesn't wear earbuds too mm-hmm. much. Um, after a while, it does get a little bit uncomfortable. Like... You know? uh, like hearing the ambient noise or like the form factor? The form factor. Uh, okay. Just being, just having an earbud shoved into your ear just to make sure it doesn't fall out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've run into that problem. Yeah, and so uh, they have wing tips to keep it in place, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no squeeze control. There is <laughs> tap control, but it is a little bit too sensitive. Mm-hmm. If you just brush over it, it will register as a tap. Yeah. So that's what I don't like about it. But as for someone who wants a true wireless pair of earbuds, mm-hmm. um, would I recommend them? Yes, if you have a Galaxy device. Because it has that chip, like the Apple does. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yes. You think it would be like wireless? I mean, like um, like parable between all Android products. It's NFC anyways, right? Yeah, it yeah. does. It's just that, you know, the seamless pairing the seamlessness that everyone wants yeah you know of course you can just use this as a regular bluetooth yeah device but that's not what we want yeah but some things to note though you are not getting a great ipx rating for water resistant this yeah, is well. only ipx2 mm-hmm. few droplets of water you cannot bend over 15 degrees otherwise if it does get in there ah rep over for the earbuds. Do you feel like you'll ever be in that condition? I feel like I do kind of bend over mm-hmm. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I feel insecure about it yeah. when, when I do wear them. So I try not to like sweat. Yeah. Or like I try not to like get near water with them. Mm, okay. Yeah. But it what? does come with wireless charging case. Yeah. Which is nice. Can't live without it now. Yeah. Rever- the reverse wireless charging yeah, too. Yeah, which is nice. And so, um, but there are many other brands out there, like the Jabra 75T, Aki T10. Mm-hmm. They can win variable pricing, mm-hmm. much higher IPX rating. Some of them can be even submerged into water. Fuck. See, right. this is what I mean. We're in the future. Like, what? Like, it sounds out of a, straight out of a movie. So, if you prioritize water resistant, mm-hmm. I don't think you should be looking at the, uh, the Galaxy, Galaxy Buds. buds uh-huh. Because... Uh, sound is decent, mm-hmm. but you're paying a lot more for a premium price just for IPX2 rating. Mm, uh, what about your Apple uh, AirPods Pro? I think they're um, they're sweat resistant and sweat and water resistant. Mm-hmm. But like I, I think I've ran into that problem where they become uncomfortable after like maybe like two and a half hours now, three. But I mean, I've never I've. I did that like a few times where I'm just like having them in there for so long. But I, I think for most people, it'll be, it'll be fine. Yeah. And so um, if you're looking for them, I would say hold it out. 
wait for a discount because for the same oh, for the earbuds for the for galaxy the, buds mm-hmm. um they always have sales anyways right yeah samsung is very a lot way better on that aspect yeah uh, or you can even go with the older gen mm-hmm. which is less than a hundred dollars nowadays um sure you may be mm-hmm. compromising things here and there but mm-hmm. for the convenience you can't really go wrong with both mm-hmm. but if you just have an apple device or other android device yeah it's not a galaxy yeah um spend your money elsewhere <laughs> buy another buy a different product is what you're saying yeah you could buy the sony uh, uh the sony freaking complicated name that yes the uh, <laughs> the I, I wi-fi know, password I, name <laughs> uh yeah i mean i mean i think we're getting to that point where i think sennheiser just came out with the second gen of their wireless mm-hmm. earbuds and you know sennheiser they're great oh yeah 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 sounds. sennheiser kills it i'm surprised audio technica has not has one yeah has not had something bose have something oh yeah bose does have something too but audio technica is like like the sort of everybody recommends it for the price for the great. price price is great I, they're some of the best headphones out there I'm just I'm just surprised they're not in that space just yet. Yeah. And I hope sure. they make something that's budget friendly and people will get get to enjoy. Yeah. And maybe I'm just not used to true wireless earbuds. Mm-hmm. I'm always so paranoid of losing them. Oh, oh shoot. Like New York. New York has that problem. Like people lose AirPods left and right. Oh, man. So Yeah. Apple so. needs to get on that one. And and make like an AirPod reminder. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there there are people jumping on a train of, like, accessories to hold your AirPods together with a string. Mm. But at that point, shouldn't you just get the... Uh, the wired ones? The wired ones. I don't know. I don't know. People, supply and demand, guys. Supply and demand. Uh, is that it? Is that it on that one? Yeah, that's pretty much on that one. So if you're looking for Galaxy Buds, I recommend that maybe have a... Galaxy device, mm-hmm. um, but know that there are may there may be other options out mm-hmm. there. All right then. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, we're one eighteen on this one. This is the longest podcast ever. All right. Anything else you want to say? No. Well, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Isaac Mihangos on YouTube. Uh, I think I'll be uploading a little bit more this uh, this week because we got the time. Uh, Isaac Mihangos on Anchor. Feel free to message us uh, any questions, if you, especially if you're in the UK, because I feel like the state of photography here is a lot more different than, than in, the, in the UK. Maybe there's like different everywhere else. Yeah, than everybody else, because we're because the Instagram servers that we see are only United States based right. and more heavy. So yeah, feel free to message us there. YouTube, feel free to comment and let us know where you came from. Hey you. And you can find me on at on at try, on. try to say those two at the same time. But you can try. You can find me on Instagram, Jackie the Little. You need to make a Twitter, bro. So yeah. I need to make a Twitter, but you can find me there on Instagram, Jackie the Little. I post film photography, mm-hmm. poses, any question, give us a drop us something. All right, for sure. All right then. Uh, at the end of the day, I thank you so much for your time and your attention. My name is Asmi Hangos, and I'll catch you in the next one.